it's still a pretty common topic and people are looking at pornography. And in the Christian community, it's interesting because there's, there's a lot of conflicting data as we, I was researching for this episode, a lot of conflicting data about pornography use amongst Christians. And what we found is that 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view pornography regularly, and 87% of Christian women have watched pornography. And that's according to the American Family Association. Yet at the same time, Psychology Today reports that religious people in America use porn less than the average. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. So it's a beautiful day out there today. We got some really nice weather after that crazy storm we had a couple of days ago. Yeah, I had all kinds of hail coming down on Southeast Michigan, and we survived that, and the plants survived it too. Yeah, so hey guys, welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. We're glad to Woo-hoo! have you on board here. It's been a, it's been an interesting summer for us so far, and looking forward to heading out and moving on to some new things with you guys on the podcast here. And we're going to be traveling um, this fall as well. In September, we're going to be down in Vero Beach, Florida at Pathway Church. Looking so forward to seeing fun. you guys down there. And then also a new one that was just recently scheduled. We're really excited about this. As many of you know, I'm currently serving in the Air National Guard. I'm an Army brat. My dad was in the Army 21 years. So supporting military and veterans is a really big deal for us. And marriages in the military actually are notoriously struggling with divorce and problems with their marriage because of the different schedules and stuff. So we get the opportunity. There is a place that is no one's ever heard about in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. Um, the VFW has a national home where they bring in veterans who are struggling and they can stay there for up to a year and they have um, counseling and different services to help them get back on their feet, maybe get an education, things like that. And we will be out there in September doing a con- an Operation Thriving Marriage conference for them as well. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun to come alongside military and, and veterans and their families. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. Lots of cool things going on. And then we're coming up in a couple of months with our second anniversary for the podcast. Woohoo! Can't really wait. Excited about that. And thank all of you who have been listening all the way along. But we do need something for you. If you could please send us in questions for our second anniversary episode, we're going to be doing um, audience questions. And this is something that we do at the conferences. It's always very popular. So we look forward to hearing your questions and answering them on the podcast. But as we think about that, and we're going to head into this week's podcast. Yeah, so this uh, is a very pervasive topic that we um, see and we get questions about uh, in in person and through the website and otherwise, and it's about pornography. Yeah, so pornography, the reality is um, broader culture, it's not really viewed as something that's a problem as long as it doesn't get in the way of normal life activities, as long as you're not missing work or having um, like social problems because you're watching pornography it's really not considered in culture really that much of a big deal. It's true. And if you go to, you know, kind of some of these older classic TV shows like Friends, they're talking and joking about watching pornography all the time. 
Yeah. And we we're talking about me being in the military. I mean, it's very common for guys to talk about that and talk about the different stuff they're watching in um, all male circles. But it's not surprising still, even though we've got that's something that's frowned upon now having those conversations because we want to be um, considerate and um, welcoming and inclusive of um, the women in our organization. It's still a pretty common topic and people are looking at pornography. And in the Christian community, it's interesting because there's there's a lot of conflicting data as we I was researching for this episode a lot of conflicting data about pornography use amongst Christians and what we found is that 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view pornography regularly and 87% of Christian women have watched pornography And that's according to the American Family Association. Yet at the same time, Psychology Today reports that religious people in America use porn less than the average, which would mean either if you look at the 68% and the 87% and all that stuff, we're talking about virtually 100% of people outside of the church are looking at pornography. Maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But whatever the statistics are, the anecdotal evidence shows that pornography hurts marriages. Mm-hmm. Whether it's one person or one million people in the church, we need to do everything we can in the Christian community to eliminate pornography use because it does create a problem in marriage. Yeah, now these statistics that we've shared on this podcast now, I'm just kind of scratching my head over this because you'd think that these Christians, church-going men, pastors, Christian women, you'd think we'd know better. And a lot of people just being in this broader broader American culture were that frog in a pot and just being exposed to these things for culture and not understanding that there's this problem. But there are huge negative effects of of pornography. Um, One of them is a negative body image, both for men and women feeling ashamed about their own bodies and not, not adding up to or being like what they're seeing in this pornography program, and then also having unrealistic expectations of the other partner's body. And, that, um, and that's interesting, too. I mean, think about that, though, for a minute. We've got huge body issues in America anyway because mm-hmm. of marketing. Right. You know, Jen and I were just talking um, on the way over to the studio today about a movie we'd just seen and about how the people in film are always pretty. Yeah, or they're prettier than the average person in yeah. the general population because that's what the audience wants to see. They don't want to see average person on the screen. They want to see the pretty people. So with that, you think the more of the person you're seeing, the more unrealistic it is because you've got to get these people that are not just pretty with their clothes on, but pretty and enticing when they're naked. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to create huge body image issues. Also, another thing, people who use pornography often find it difficult to get sexually aroused without pornography use. They get so connected to that. So, I mean, just think about that for a minute, um, ladies and gentlemen. 
if you need to look at pornography to get aroused, how's that going to affect your sex life? Very, very badly. It's not a good thing. And also, let's talk about these unrealistic sexual expectations, because what's going on in a pornography video is not going to be what's going to happen in real life or different people are going to have different expectations of what should be happening in the bedroom or maybe what shouldn't be happening in the bedroom based on fiction. Well, and let's just face it. They're getting paid to convince you that this is something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read articles and interviews of people who are in the industry. It's not a surprise. Most of the things that are going on, it's just work. Mm-hmm. And even you talk to athletes, sometimes going out on the field and throwing the ball, shooting hoops, whatever, it's just work. It's not fun. These people are just going to work. It's fake. And to think that, oh my gosh, this is the way things ought to be because I've seen it. That's like expecting Iron Man to show up downtown New York on a moment's notice because there's a bad guy mugging someone. It's not real. Mm -hmm. And it does have just those terrible negative relational impacts because of these different unrealistic sexual expectations that can happen. And you start viewing men, you start viewing women in different ways as objects. And that's completely against what what God wanted and intended for us to be. And you start viewing your own sex life and your relationship with your spouse as a problem as well. And then addiction. Mm -hmm. And we want to hit on this because this is something that's talked about a lot in the church. First and foremost, pornography is addictive. Yes. It is possible to get addicted to pornography. That being said, if you have looked at pornography, if you have used pornography, it is not like crack cocaine or some of these other drugs where one hit gets you hooked. Do not think that if you are using pornography, this is something that you're going to struggle with and you can't escape from. There are some people that can't look at it all because they're going to be hooked similar to people who are genetically predisposed to alcoholism. They can't drink alcohol because they are alcoholics. They can't get over that. But if you've looked at pornography, you are not doomed to suffer a life of struggle with addiction. A lot of people think that I can't confess this. I can't talk about it because now I'm an addict. And there's a lot of shame that's developed in the church community because Now you're hooked. You did this one thing, and it's kind of like back in the 80s when they would tell us about drugs and say, hey, if you do that one thing, you're going to be hooked for the rest of life, and you're going to live in a van down by the river. No amount of pornography is safe. No amount of pornography is okay, but just because you have experienced it doesn't mean your life is in shambles or it's ruined. Or that you can't escape it, and I think that's something that's wise to hit on because just the reality of it, you should not be watching pornography. These effects of pornography are still very real, but you can break out of this. If you need help overcoming an addiction, no shame in that. Step into the marvelous light that God has for you, but don't take this as a license to just kind of dabble in it. You got to stay away from it because it does have devastating effects. And pornography is just so dehumanizing. Yeah, there's, like I said earlier, no amount of pornography is safe or good or okay. 
because it is sin. Mm -hmm. And let's just call it out for what it is and let's not dance around this. It is sin. You are looking at people and you are treating them as objects for sexual pleasure. You are taking their humanity, you're taking them and someone who's been beautifully and wonderfully created in the image of God, and you're treating them as something less than human. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. It is dehumanizing. It is sin. And Jesus speaks to this. He says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And that's from Matthew 5, 28. And Jesus is clearly speaking here to pornography. He's telling us here that using porn is a sin. And I don't think that Jesus is saying porn use is some sort of an excuse for a divorce. Jesus is very consistent that you should look for reasons to stay married and not look for excuses to end a marriage. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder, but it is something that you need to be aware of as you're evaluating your marriage and seeing what's going on. Just remember, pornography hurts you. It is not a victimless crime. The people, Even if there's someone who says in an interview that they want to do the job, they're still being objectified. It's not okay. It is something to end. And we need to deal with pornography and get that completely out of the church. And First of all, we need to acknowledge that in the church, there's a lot of shame around pornography. There's been a lot of books about, you know, every man's battle. There's a lot of books out there about the struggle that men, and we see that it's a man and woman issue, and it's not just pornographic pictures, but it's the erotica as well. That's right. Those, the, the, the romance novels, that's our, the euphemism for it, but it, it's really these you know, dirty, if you will, erotica novels. And that's something you got to stay away from. Are you watching porn? Are you reading porn? Yeah, it, it's it's not real romance. Real romance is what happens between two real people in a real loving relationship, not how fast can you get your clothes off in the hotel. But with that said, there's a lot of shame. And you need to know if this is you. If you're dealing with pornography, if you've watched pornography, if you've looked at pornography, if you're wrestling with this, Shame is not of God. That shame that you may be feeling is not God condemning you. Paul said in Romans, in all these things, we have complete victory through him who loved us. You already have victory over the temptation to sin for pornography because in Christ, Christ on the cross and his resurrection, he defeated sin and death in every one of its forms. You already have that victory. And then Paul goes on and says, For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. Pornography cannot separate you from God. That shame you may be experiencing is not from God. That is the powers and principalities and rulers of this dark world that want to keep you from experiencing the fullness of God. You are fully and completely accepted in Jesus. 
And we want to illuminate that point. God wants you to grow into the man or the woman that he created you to be. God wants you to become the person that will accomplish the good works he prepared in advance for you to do. And God will not leave you to do it alone. And church, we cannot leave our members, people who are coming in through our doors, we cannot leave them alone either. They're part of our family. And according to these statistics, it's most of us. And that's a huge point. We as the church need to communicate just like any other sin that, hey, you are loved. We all sin in various ways. We all deal with temptation, and Christ died for all of them. And I, I love what you said there, Jen. We, we, we as the church need to come around people and love them in the midst of this and not say, well, that's not my sin, and oh my gosh, I can't believe you would do that to your husband or wife that you would dare. No, that's not how we can behave. Sure, and, and like you're, you've stated it there, Brian, it's like if you find yourself using pornography listeners, you got to handle this like any other sin. And, and how do we do that? I think that we we see things where people will stop and understand what they're doing and what's going on. They're going to weep over that. They're going to feel remorse. They're going to feel regret. And what what you do with that next, that's really going to set the course your, for your life, the life of your spouse, life of your family going forward. So th these are some high stakes. Then you got to get in there. You've got to confess. You got to confess this to God. You got to step into his marvelous light to put light on this. Don't hide this sin. Just like we've talked about um, this sin or any other sin. You got to step into the Lord's marvelous light. You also need to confess this to a brother or sister in Christ and hearing these words from someone who loves you that God loves you, that God forgives you. That's just so powerful. The power of porn is strongest in the dark. It's strongest when you don't bring to light what is going on. But God's power is in the light. When you bring that into the light, it takes the power of porn away. And the statistics show that men in particular are more likely to leave the church than confess porn because of the shame. There is no shame. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And the way to get through this and to stop sinning is to confess it, to bring it to the light. Satan wins every time someone separates from our community. We need each other in the family. Um, John Donne, the Christian poet, wrote that poem, No Man is an Island. And he was talking about how we as the people of God need each other. We need to be working together to keep each other in the family, connected with the family. We need to love those, and we need to confess, not run away from our sin. And it's important, too, to confess this to your spouse and talk this through with your spouse. This is something that I think is going to be difficult. You're going to have to sit down and have that difficult conversation. And whether you're on the talking end of this or the receiving end, you need to be together as a team and you need to come up with an action plan as to how you're going to tear down this 
pornography from having any kind of a, a foothold or a stronghold in that other spouse's life. What can you do to be accountable? What can you do to, to get rid of this? And a lot of times it's formulating a plan and bringing others in on this, whether it's the local church or possibly even a therapist, depending on how far this pornography use and possible addiction has gone. And repent. Confession and repentance. Stop looking at pornography. The word repent in Hebrew is shuv, and it literally means turn around. Turn around, turn away from the pornography, and not just stop looking, but create an accountability structure, something that's going to help you to continue living into repentance and not go back to sin. There's software out there that will block all adult sites off your website. There's software out there that every time you log in, it will send your history to someone, your spouse, an accountability partner, someone who loves you, who's not going to take this and say, okay, here's all the bad things you did, but rather pray with you and help you through that. But you need to create that accountability structure because if you keep this in the darkness, it will stay in the darkness and it will continue to have power over you. And it'll continue to fester and just build, and it's going to just cause you so much more problems. The earlier you get out of it, the better. And if you're saying, you know, Jen, Brian, I've been in this too long, not true, because guess what? Tomorrow hasn't happened. I want you to decide right now, whatever age you're in, whatever day it is today, you're getting out of this today as opposed to tomorrow or some weeks from now. Get out of this stop looking at this pornography, substitute something else, do something different. If, if you're having this kind of like doom scrolling or whatever you're doing, something to replace that in, in that accountability structure is good to do. And if that grip of pornography is just too strong for you to break with these steps, don't be afraid to get help. A good counselor will help you develop the skills you need to overcome this sin in your life. And friends, a lot of time, pornography, pornography addiction is going to take you down the road to divorce. As an attorney, I am telling you, a counselor is going to be way less expensive than a divorce. And a counselor is going to bring help and hope and tools to you as opposed to causing destruction for you and your marriage and your family. You have the power to overcome this. Okay, look, pornography is evil. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what culture says about it, it's not some, It's not a victimless crime. It's not something that's just, oh, an innocent diversion. It is evil. And no amount of pornography use is safe or okay. It is all bad. If you have used or using pornography, you're not broken. You're not irredeemable. One look or many looks doesn't mean that, well, now you are damned to hell. That's not how God works. You are loved by God. You are not irredeemable. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome the power of pornography and all sin in your life. And we'll look forward to when you're going to be able to say, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, you were once like this. You were once addicted to pornography. You once used pornography, but you're walking in the Spirit. You are not like that anymore. Friends, we are all more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We appreciate and love all of you that listen. And please, if this is an issue you're struggling with, be open, be honest, 
get help, can find someone to confess to, find a place to reach out, find a counselor to walk through this. And we look forward to hearing stories from you about how you overcame sin and death through Christ and his death and resurrection in this area of life. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.